This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you at church. So glad you're here. We're in the middle of a series called The Ghost. It's all a series all about the most misunderstood and most misrepresented person in the entire Bible, the Holy Spirit. And we felt very uh, impressed upon by the Lord to share this series uh, with you, to introduce you to who Jesus said would be your very best friend. And we want to help give you a biblical understanding on who the Holy Spirit is and what role he plays in your life as a believer in Christ. So today might be uh, sound a little teachy, uh, more than preachy, but let's dig in. If you've got uh, the ability to take notes or want to take some notes on your phone, today would be a great day to do it. Week number one, we talked about who, who the Holy Spirit is. We got to know that first. Week number two, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, where we get the word dynamite. We talked all about that. And then today we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. For those of you who may have been raised in a church environment, um, this is the one you've been waiting for because you want to know what kind of freaky deaky things does Landon believe. And so we're going to dig into this because it actually has nothing to do with me. You and I can actually be in the same church and have different preferences. But what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit is actually very simple to understand. And we're going to unpack some of that today. See, the Holy Spirit, let's go back a little bit. The Holy Spirit gives us, as believers, every single person, according to Scripture, has been given spiritual gifts. They're first mentioned in Romans chapter 1. It says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to make you strong, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. See, spiritual gifts are not something weird or freaky. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. Not the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. The last time I checked, if something was freaky and I didn't like it, I don't eagerly desire that thing. We are to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And the downside... There are some upsides, but the downside to the ability to broadcast spiritual gifts on television has been it has freaked us out and we stopped desiring those things. And so we got to hit the reset button just a little bit. In fact, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came in power at Pentecost and it said it enabled believers to do supernatural works. Look at Acts 19.11. God did extraordinary miracles. Now, extraordinary, get this, a spiritual gift that was given through Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and then their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. That's a cool spiritual gift. If someone took my barbecue apron and laid it on a dead person, they come up smelling like brisket, that's a spiritual gift. I think that would be amazing. I don't have that gift, so don't ask. But I think it would be an incredible gift to have. I'll keep praying for it and see if God gives it to me. 
When Paul arrived in Ephesus, he found some believers that were not filled with the Spirit. And we talked about in week number one and two that it is possible to be saved and go to heaven, but not experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit on earth now. There is something, there is a part of the Bible, theologically correct, that we have to go get it. Do we have the Holy Spirit in us when we get saved? Yes, our spirit is now saved. It is connected to God. We're triune beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. Body is this. It's soma. The Greek word soma, somatic. It's who we are, our body, the actual physical body. And then we are a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. That's usually the guy that calls the shots. It's usually our emotions that call the shots. And then we're spirit. It's the only part of us that can connect to God directly like that. When the spirit is not in control, usually the soul and the body are calling the shots. And so what Paul is, is, is very clear about here is that there were some believers that were not filled with the spirit, reaching for this power, completely connecting to God, albeit those saved by the blood of Christ. It said in Acts 19, 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. We're going to dig into it. Just hold your horses. You may remember Peter. The guy that chopped people's ears off and denied Jesus three times, he kind of messed up a lot, foot and mouth Peter. He gave, God gave him the gift of evangelism. Look at Acts 2.41. Those who accepted the message of Peter were baptized, and about 3,000 people went to growth track that day. No, they joined the church that day. But 3,000 people, that's a lot of people in one day. If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to equip you and has equipped you with spiritual gifts. We just got to find out what they are. In 2010, Kelly and I were pregnant with our first child. Uh, We told the family, we bought little shoes and gave them cute little things that says, you're going to be a grandma, you're going to be a grandpa. We did the whole thing. We drove to Odessa and did the whole charade. It was the first, our first kid, the first grandkid, and the first great-grandkid on my side of the family. It was a big deal. We made the announcement to the church that we were working at. We were so excited. And one day, Kelly knew something wasn't right. She knew something uh, wasn't right. I'm going to fast forward through many details but we had lost our baby. A few months later, we were at church and there was a guest speaker in town. And the guest speaker called Kelly and I out of the crowd. And one year, he said, said, one year from today, you're going to be holding your baby. He didn't know we had had a miscarriage. Uh, He didn't know that we had lost our child. That was August 26th, 2010. I wish I could tell you that I was a spiritual giant in that moment. I wish I could tell you that in my natural state, I was like, oh, thank the Lord for the miracle of this upcoming baby. Thank you, Lord. No, I had been around um, enough guest speakers and enough altar calls, and, and I wasn't impressed by it. I was a little desensitized, but I was mad. I was honestly very angry. I was, I was very angry that this guy looked at my wife in the eyes and lied to her. And that was my immediate reaction. Can I be honest with you guys? I wasn't full of faith. I worked at a church, got paid by a church, pastor signed my paycheck. I was supposed to be spiritual. I looked the part in the moment. I said, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Went back to my seat. I just wanted him to get hurt. Just being honest. I was like, you're a liar. And I can take you because you're tiny. I had all these thoughts. I had all these thoughts. 
And I just remember how devastated my wife was. But we heard that word and I remember thinking, really, dude, you just can't say stuff like that to people in the name of the Lord. You can't do that. Well, at the end of 2010, we found out we were pregnant again and we were scared and excited. I was 99% scared, 1% excited. This time we didn't tell anyone until Kelly showed through a hoodie. We didn't tell nobody nothing. It was until it was too obvious to hide it. The due date for our baby was August 27th, 2011. Remember, he gave us this word August 26th, 2010. Kaylin decided to come a day early on August 26th, 2011. Wasn't mad at him anymore, obviously, at that point. He actually wrote about our story in his book that he released about five years ago. There's a whole part of it, about two or three pages about the story. See, we needed that word when Kaylin was born because she was born purple and non-responsive and unable to breathe on her own. When they ran out of the room with our precious girl, I prayed harder than I've ever prayed before in my life. I sat there and held my exhausted wife. And I'll tell you that I would have prayed in English if I could have. I didn't know what language was coming out of my mouth, but when the Bible talks about praying in tongues, I can attest to the fact that it isn't for the sensational. It isn't for television. It isn't to be used on stages with microphones to confuse people for the pastor to look spiritual. It, according to scripture, is a gift and it's a groaning that we can't understand. Look at Romans eight twenty six. In the same way, the spirit helps us when we're weak. Not gets us excited when we feel spiritual. We don't know what we ought to say, so the spirit starts to pray for us through our mouths and we can't understand a word he's saying. Isn't that incredible? After a time in NICU, we brought KK home. And let me tell you, that little woman has a leadership gift and an organizational gift and an administration gift, and she can sing. She's got a gift on her unlike I've ever seen before. She literally has a checklist on her wall that she updates every day. And the first box on the checklist is check my checklist. I can't wait to see her spiritual gifts grow. You see, the Holy Spirit gave that man a spiritual gift of prophecy and it ministered to us in the most dark moment of our lives as parents. See, the Holy Spirit gave me a spiritual gift of speaking in tongues that was not used to freak you out or knock you down. It was my spirit connecting straight, uh, the Holy Spirit through my mouth connecting to God plead for the life of my baby. And there's gifts that he's given you, if you use them, will change your life and change the life of people around you. Now, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. That's it. A supernatural gift given to all Christians. It's an ability given by God so you can make a difference 
in the life of other people. And if you read scripture, it says to make a difference in the life of people in the church first and then the world. Because if you don't have a strong church, then how can we make the world strong? So to build our understanding, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be, everyone say the next word out loud, real loud. Ignorant. Ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. Paul's saying, guys, now 1 Corinthians, the, the Corinthian church was insane. Those guys were crazy. That's why Paul's like, can y'all stop running up and down the aisles naked? Because they came from these these places where they're worshiping fertility goddesses and that was worship was running around naked. And Paul's like, maybe the lady shouldn't do that in church. And here, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's good for all churches. He wasn't just saying that for Corinth. You have to read this in context. What was he saying? Why was he saying it? Who was he saying it to? And when did he say it? So he's talking to the Corinthian church and they were freaking out with all these fake gifts. And he's like, let's talk about what real spiritual gifts are. Okay, so let's do that here today. Did you know that studies show that nine out of 10 Christians do not know their spiritual gifts? 90% of Christians could not tell you what their spiritual gifts are. And I think the devil loves that. He's okay with you coming to church and getting saved because as long as 10% of us, only 10% of us know what we're supposed to do on the earth, then he's got this in the bag. He's got it in the bag because if 90% of those of you sitting in this room, if hundreds of people that come to this cafeteria every single Sunday never know why they were born, then the devil wins. That's why we have growth track. We'll talk more about that later. Imagine you're given a gun to protect your family. You have it. You have the ammunition. You have hands to hold it. Notice I'm subconsciously holding a 12-gauge. Go big or go home. I'm just saying, you come in my house, you're going to meet Jesus. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> you have this gift that someone gave you to serve a purpose, but you don't know how to use it. And so you hide it in your house and you hide the shotgun shells, never to use it. And this is exactly what many of you are doing with the gifts God's given you. You have been given something powerful. And instead of learning about it and arming yourself, you've hidden it. We're ignorant of our gifts. Many of you don't even know what your spiritual gifts are or how they're supposed to function. We want to help with that, okay? Verse number four, it says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There's lots of different kinds of gifts. There's amazing different kinds of gifts. And the Holy Spirit gives these to believers. Verse five, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God. Verse seven in the New Living Translation says a spiritual gift has been given to each of us so we can help one another. Notice that all Christians receive spiritual gifts. All spiritual gifts are useful. And all of hell wants to keep your gift hidden and unused. Because if it's not used, then you're not building up the body of Christ. And if the body of Christ is not built up, then the world suffers. So I, what I want to do today is expose, to you, expose you to a couple of different spiritual gifts lists in the Bible. But first, let's talk about what spiritual gifts are not, shall we? Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. They're not natural talents. 
You do not have the spiritual gift of playing a sport. You're just built better. Good genes, praise the Lord, good for you. That is not a spiritual gift. People are born with spiritual gifts. We're born naturally with natural talent. When we're born spiritually and saved, we are given spiritual gifts. God will continue, according to Scripture, to give you spiritual gifts until the day you die. He continues to gift you the rest of your life. And your spiritual gifts can complement your natural gifts, and God wants to use all of them in tandem. But there's a difference between natural talent and a spiritual gift. Somebody can be an amazing singer, but can't lead you in worship. It's a very big difference. Somebody could be an okay singer and be an incredible worship leader because it's a gift that they have. And that's the danger between creating stages for Christian entertainment so you feel like you went to church from paid performers, which we will never do here. Number two, spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. Spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. And for those of you, let's just be really honest, for those of you that were raised Catholic, this one's hard for you. Because you were told that only the priest can interpret scripture, which is also untrue. And so uh, spiritual gifts were not given to the elite few. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to take this group of Christians that I really like. Like when I made them, I made them. I mean, come on. I made them. Look, at, look, I made this. Look. I'm going to give them powerful gifts, dunamis, Holy Ghost gifts. And then there's these Christians over here that are okay, but I had an off day. I burped on the assembly line and out they came. It's okay. They're still, I love them. I mean, I, I like them, but it's, it's, you know, let's be honest. You know, it's like, I'm not going to give them gifts. Is that how we think God acts like that? But God doesn't do that. He doesn't say sit in the corner, you get nothing while the elite few get everything. It's not how God operates. Number three, spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. If you've got a certain gift, it doesn't mean that you're more mature than someone who has a different gift. Sadly, in a lot of Christian cultures today, some people elevate certain gifts and say, if you have this gift, I mean, come on. God's like, dang, you're using that gift. God doesn't do that. God's not like, wow, I never thought you would take that gift and do better than I thought you could. He doesn't do that. He doesn't elevate certain gifts. He gives spiritual gifts because he knows what he has for you to do in the earth. But oddly enough, we take gifts and elevate certain ones. Like we don't really talk about the people who have a gift of administration because we're like, boring. You don't want to talk about that. You want to talk about those who have a gift of healing and prophecy and blah, 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 blah. now you go. We want to talk about that. Put that on TV. But no one's ever put on Christian television the gift of administration. No one's ever done that. But guess what keeps church running? The gift of administration. We elevate certain gifts because we need to sensationalize it to make weak-minded people feel good about waking up once a month to come to church. We're never going to do that here. You have gifts and talents in you that God wants to use now to build you up, to build the church up, 
to make a difference in the life of other people. It's not a sign of maturity. In fact, we elevate, um, especially I grew up in a Pentecostal type world. And so when, when I see the gift of tongues elevated, I remember one day my great grandmother, we were having a conversation and my papa was there and peepaw, poopaw, they were all there. We were having this conversation and I didn't have the gift of tongues and they were badgering me about it. And so I started making up tongues so they get off my back. And, and I was like, Papa, fall off a sofa. And they're like, oh, he's got it. I'm like, I just said you're going to fall off the couch. I'm like, here she comes on a Honda. Bought a Honda, but I should have bought a Kia. <laughs> he's got it. No. <laughs> so I can tell if y'all are lying. Don't even play. I lied first. What's funny about the gift of tongues is that Paul says that the gift of tongues is the least of every gift God ever made. Isn't that funny? We elevate the one Paul's like, come on, come on. He said, don't just run around speaking in a language no one understands. How about you help them? Paul said it. Number four, spiritual gifts are not fruits of the spirit. Gifts of the spirit are not fruits of the spirit. If you want to study the fruit of the Spirit, go to Galatians 5. There's nine. It's love, joy, peace, speaking in tongues. No, it's not. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Come on, I want to be a two-time-a-month two Christian. Faithfulness? You're lucky I'm here, preacher. No. Gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. I've actually heard people say, well, I don't have the gift of love. I don't have the gift of patience. Okay, those are not gifts. Those are fruits. And the only way you get the fruit of the Spirit is by being connected to the Spirit. All Christians should have all nine at some level in their life. But the gifts of the Spirit only come at the behest of the Holy Spirit. He does it on his own, whenever he wants, however he wants. They're two different things. So for those of you that say, I, for those of you that are like, I really don't have the, the spiritual gift of self-control, you're, you're, just un, you're an undisciplined believer. And we have to work on these things, being connected to the vine. It's another series for another day. Next thing is spiritual gifts are not something to be afraid of. They're not something to fear. We shouldn't be afraid of spiritual gifts. And I'm sorry that Christian television has made us afraid of this stuff. Like when we see someone with a jacket and it's like, let the bodies hit the floor. And everyone's like, Bleh! it's like, I don't want that gift. I don't want the gift of knocking people unconscious. It's like, we, like there, there's just these things that we can't understand, but then also there's the other side of we can't get judgmental when there's a gift given to someone that we think's a little weird. Got to go to the Lord with that. But gifts are not something to be afraid of. Even though some gifts, some powerful gifts have been sensationalized for the sake of entertainment, they are still gifts that you and I should go after and ask the Lord for. Just because something is weird doesn't mean that it's scary. And let's just be honest, God does weird stuff sometimes. He, does, he made a donkey talk in the Bible. That's cool, kind of weird. It's not just for Shrek, Jesus did it first. 
And I'm not saying that God doesn't knock people down because if God wants to knock you down, he's going to knock you down. It's happened to me twice in my life. Both times it's happened, nobody was touching me. Nobody was near me. I was such a prideful, arrogant individual, disconnected from the Holy Spirit, but had a lot of talent. And God had to show me who was boss. He uses it different ways. Nobody was praying for me. Nobody came up and grabbed my back and buckled my knees and threw me down and said, he's got it. Nobody did that. There was no modesty cloth. My shirt was everywhere. It's just, it was all, I was all alone. And I woke up knowing that I'm not in control. God did that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does do weird stuff, but we're not gonna manufacture it. God does that on his own. He does every, whatever he wants to do on his own. We're not gonna make things emotional on purpose. So if it's strange, let it be strange. But if it's in the Bible, it might be strange, okay? So just let it be there. Feeding, feeding 10, 15,000 people with a kid's sack lunch is kind of weird. But God did it. He did it. So let's look at two dominant portions of scripture where there are spiritual gifts listed. There are four in the Bible. Let's talk about the two dominant ones because they overlap. And then I'll tell you what the others are for your own purpose and study later. Which, by the way, can I tell you this? Please do not Google this. Because this is an exaggerative statement, maybe. I honestly don't know if it is. But every blog I've ever read about spiritual gifts is from an armchair quarterback that sits in a recliner and has no life and has bad theology. Stay away from those blogs just because they can get an URL address that costs them $8 on Google domains doesn't mean that they're worth reading, okay? So go to the Bible, rant over. All right, Romans chapter 12. In his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, pause. What is the gift of prophecy? It is the ability simply by definition, biblically, the ability to speak on behalf of God. In fact, some people would say that what I'm doing right now could be prophecy. Others would say that it's more direct, like a direct word to you, like the word Kelly and I received about our baby in 2010. But in 18 years of ministry, there's only been a handful of prophetic words that that I have been in the room to hear or have received that were direct and almost sensational like that. Most of the time it was teaching and then I heard something from the Lord in that moment. It's not fortune telling. And I think there's too many people running around saying, God told me to say, that's always a red flag. Always a red flag. The next part of the verse, he says, speak out with as much faith as God's given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Man, Landon, I'm glad you read that verse because I don't want to go to growth track. That's not what that means. This is not the Greek word diakonos. That means that if you're a Christian, you should just serve people anyway because you love people because Jesus is in you. If you are a Christian and you're not serving in the local church to help another believer, you're missing out on one of the greatest parts of the Christian faith. This is about the gift of serving others. You wake up and you're looking for a need to go meet the need. It's a gift that people have that is powerful, that changes people's lives. And some of you have that gift. You can, you can find a need in a school. In a, in, you can find a need in a meeting. You can find a need in a, a family next door. And you find a way to meet that need. It's beautiful. 
You supernaturally see it and you're driven to do something about it. It says, if you're a teacher, then teach well. Some of you have the ability to teach and you have the ability to teach God's word. When you read something in the Bible, you're like, I got to tell somebody this. And you're like, oh my gosh, look at that Greek word. Here's what it means. You get all into this stuff and you're systematizing it out to be able to deliver it to somebody so they can understand it. You've got the gift of teaching. So teach. Will help you with where and how, but teach. Verse eight, if your gift is to encourage others, then encourage them. Not everybody was given the gift to encourage people. Let's just be honest. Not everybody's got the gift. Like I did encourage them. I told them they were wrong. It encourages their future. That's not what I'm talking about. That's prophecy, okay? Old Testament prophecy. If you keep doing this, God's going to burn your city with fire. No, he's not. Okay, it worked. That's prophecy. Told you so. That's the gift of prophecy. But encouragement is like, I'm with you. He's never going to leave you. I got your back. We're going to walk through this together. You've got this down. It's this gift. If you've got that gift, unleash it. People are in need of encouragement right now more than ever. And you let that gift fly and compliment them, encourage them, write that card, write that email, write that letter. Use your gift. If it's giving, give generously. Man, I'm loving this list, Landon. I don't got to serve. I don't got to tithe. Here's what this means. If it's giving, this is about spiritual gifts, not about biblical obedience and discipline. Tithing is something that Christians do out of worship and obedience to God. It's not an option. If you're not currently tithing, the Bible says you're stealing from God and your home will not be blessed. Read it. This has nothing to do with tithing. This has everything to do with the spiritual gift of giving. What does that mean? A spiritual gift of giving is you've got the ability to network and you invent things and get resources and then all these people know you and you sell something and make a lot of money and then you're funding the kingdom and you're doing this and you're blessing people. I don't wake up with all those kinds of ideas. Some of you got this gift of giving because you have a gift of acquiring resource. The Bible says if you have the gift of leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And many of you, you've got the gift to lead, but you're not leading anything or anyone. And that gift continues to go unused. So get ready. If you feel like God is speaking to you in this moment, the registration for lead track, which is our leadership school, which is also a mandatory requirement for anybody who holds a leadership position in the church. uh, It's in early next year. Registration opens in a few months. So when you start hearing about that, go ahead and get registered. Don't squander your gifts. Let's use them in the church. If you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. These are the kind of people that the ones that you and I want to mow down, they're loving on. You're like, why? Why are you being nice to them? Tell them the truth. Obviously, you can kind of see where I land, okay? So it's, but there's people who have this gift to love and be kind to people like that. They've got this kindness gift that they don't get offended. They're not easily, they're not easily hurt like that. They are like, you can, you can throw things at me if you want. I'm going to be kind to you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's fast forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. 
And to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Now, for some of you, people come to you often because you give great advice. Not everybody gives great advice. And all God's people said, amen. Basically, everyone on social media, it's awful advice. People can feel that you're tapped into a different level of knowledge or wisdom or experience, and they want to know what you know. You should be leading small groups. You should be mentoring. You should be available. You should be using this at work to help people whose marriages are falling apart. This is a gift that God's given you. Verse 9, the same spirit gives great faith to another, and someone else, the spirit, gives the gift of healing. There's people who have incredible amounts of faith. And I don't know about you, but I've seen people like this. And when there's an obstacle, a proverbial obstacle in the road of life, they're like, look, there's an obstacle. Let's pray that God removes it and explodes it or gives us the wisdom or the know-how to remove it ourselves. And then for maybe for some of us, we're like, dang it, there's an obstacle. I came all this way. I got to go around. Like our faith is, is a, in a different place. We're all, go, we're all getting saved. It's just one person's blowing up the obstacle, the other one's complaining about it. There's some people that have this gift of faith that no matter what sickness comes into their home, no matter what happens with their job, they never get shaken. They've got this credible amount of faith, and we need people like that in our world today. We also need people who have the gift of healing. The gift of healing. And God still heals people today. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and the other person the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God or from another spirit. And honestly, this is one of the gifts that I think, I don't think I know, that God has given Kelly and I and thus given our church. Because there are lots of things being taught in churches around the world that is unbiblical and sinful and is being posed as love. And people who don't have the ability to discern whether a message is biblical or not, or a message from God, or he says another spirit, we lead people astray when these gifts aren't being used in the church. Some of you can walk in a room and you've got this gift and you walk in and go, something's not right here. You ever walked into a conversation and you're like, what are y'all talking about? Because I feel really weird. Like you just, you can sense it, you can feel it. That's a spiritual gift. Because other people walk in and go, what's up? Y'all ready to go to dinner? They don't even know. They're totally oblivious. They're just thinking about hot wings. They don't care. But some of you have a spiritual gift. I always talk about food with you in the second service. Some of you have a spiritual gift. You can feel it when you walk in a room. It says, another person has been given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Are these gifts for today? Are these, are these real gifts? Is this what it means to be filled with the Spirit? Next week, we're going to tackle a lot of those subjects and what it means to live a Spirit-filled life. Pastor Kelly's preaching next week. She's going to tackle all of that. But in short, yes. These gifts are for today. They are real gifts. Is it the only sign of being filled with the Spirit? No. That's one verse in the book of Acts that was taken by denominations and made law 
but the Bible is actually unclear about that because in certain cities it happened this way and in other cities it happened this way. So we're not going to take one scripture and say, this is what God meant for Thessalonica. That's what he means for America because it happened in different places all over the New Testament. But what we do know that is true across the New Testament is the Holy Spirit's real, speaking in tongues is real, and there are messages from heaven that can only come that way sometimes. So we have to be open to that. If at any time, let's just say that you can feel safe in this church, by the way, because there's sometimes things get shut down before they ever make it to a stage, you know, to protect you. Do there have people come up to us sometimes on the front row that like, I got a message from the Lord? I'm like, probably not. Because that's God's not a God of disorder, and I don't know what you're going to say. If it's a trusted leader, then I listen to what they have to say. That can make it to the stage. But someone I've never met before that has a tambourine, automatic no. Automatic no. <laughs> Especially if it's got tassels, automatic no. Because the Holy Spirit's not a weirdo, He's honest and real, and loving, and caring. Our emotions want the sensational, but God's after your heart. God does have that gift for today. Speaking in tongues happens here every Sunday. You just don't know about it. I do it right there every day, every Sunday. I don't get up here and yell in the mic. Kelly doesn't get up here and shundai all over the place. That's not how this works. It's not for you. And if somebody ever did stand up in our services and start yelling in an unknown language and nobody interpreted, I would come up here and say, you're out of line. So you can feel safe here, okay? Y'all are kind of hoping that happens, aren't you? You're like, oh, I want to see it. No, you don't. No, you don't. It says that he's given another person the ability to interpret what was said. That's also a gift. It's incredible too. I've seen it happen in a very real, genuine way and it's changed people's lives. It's real. It's beautiful. But one time I saw it happen, I was, at, I was in college and there were about 3,000 people in chapel and we're all singing real loud and then the room got real quiet all of a sudden. You ever been in a room like that? It's like, and then the, it's like the conversation dies. It was like worship just went and got real quiet and this foreign exchange student from Monterey, Mexico started screaming in tongues. And it was a big auditorium, 3,000 people in there. And then the, I could see the school leaders and the directors and the deans were like, because the, they got to protect the room. And they leaned over and talked to each other and they let it happen. And then one of the deans got up there and said, now who's going to interpret that word? This guy over here was a foreign exchange student from Finland. He started speaking the word. It was a word in perfect Russian that a Finnish guy interpreted for a dude from Texas. That's Holy Ghost right there. I'm just telling you. Thank God for a place that allowed things like that to happen. So God does do it. I've seen it happen. So to end our time today, what do we do with this now? How do we discover our gifts? Because the Holy Spirit's not weird. How do we discover our gifts? Number one, look at what the Bible says about gifts. Don't Google a weirdo. 
Study what the Bible says about gifts. You can find anything on the internet to fit your emotional state at the time. But the Bible doesn't change when you don't want to tithe. It stays the same. The Bible doesn't change when you don't want to get up and serve. It stays the same. You can find people all over the internet that will fix your emotional state at the time of disobedience. But don't let yourself do that. Go to the Bible. What does the Bible say? about using your spiritual gifts. Go to, you, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12, you can go to Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, you can go to 1 Peter 4. Read those chapters and study them. Number two, ask God to show you. Have you ever asked him? God, show me what my spiritual gifts are. I promise you that prayer gets heaven pumped up. God, what gifts have you given me? Watch what he does. Watch what he says. Where do you want me to use these gifts? How do you want me to use these gifts to make a difference? Number three, examine what you do and what you enjoy. Exa- examine what you do well. There, for some of you, if you came up on the platform and spoke, it would be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And for some of you, it's easy. It doesn't even feel like work to you. There's different gifts that way. And I think in a lot of times it might be natural speaking talent, but there can also be, there could be a communication talent there, but there's also a very spiritual gift involved with communicating. If you're gifted and you enjoy using your gifts, do them well. Just examine what you do well. There are people that are really good with money. They think about it. They know how to leverage it. They respect it. And they can leverage the kingdom of God into a level of effectiveness that you and I couldn't because you and I want a boat. But there are people that have this gift to see 10 years down the road and make steps to get there. It's just beautiful. Use your gifts. Number four, take your spiritual gifts test. Y'all were hoping I'd say that first. It's actually number four. So come to Growth Track on November the 6th. We actually take you through a spiritual gifts test to help you figure this out. Because growth track, yeah, there's a part of it where we tell you what, it, what we define as a member, what we believe the Bible defines as a member of a local body of believers. But that's like the first part of growth track. The rest of it is helping you get employed as a disciple of Christ. And so come on November 6th, we're gonna help you out with that. And it's not a totally exhaustive test, but it's about 75 questions and we wanna help you with it. Let us help you walk with you through that. And then number five, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something that is not in the Bible. He will never lead you towards disconnecting healthy relationships. Whenever you feel like God is calling you to do something, have the faith to do it. Just like whenever I felt like God has given me a burden to speak on his behalf. Remember last week I told you the story about those teenagers we did the altar call about them wanting to commit suicide and they came down front and were honest. Those teenagers' lives were saved that day because that gift of prophecy was there. Have boldness to use the gifts. Because the gift is this, you, you don't own the gift. That gift doesn't make you a better person. It's just the gift that God's given you. So acknowledge the gift and have courage to step out in faith and use it so God can use it to make a difference in the world. So God has given every one of you gifts. 
And I know that because I believe the Bible is true. Every one of you have been given spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not reserved for paid professionals on giant stages. Worship leading is not the greatest spiritual gift. It's just the one that we all get to enjoy the benefits of every week. But there are people that employ their spiritual gifts in this local church Monday through Saturday that you never see. And they're just as important as what they do on this platform. No spiritual gift is greater um, than another here in the local church and how it is used. God's given every one of you gifts. And some of you have never used your gift in the church ever. The church is incomplete without your gift. Kelly and I talk about uh, a teacher we have back in the kids department. Her name is Julia Grove. And she has a spiritual gift that children do whatever she says all the time. I don't know how it works. And she smiles while she says it. I do not have that spiritual gift. Do I love children? Yes. Do children love me? Still up for debate. Don't know. But she's got this gift. And our first grader comes home from their midweek small group just jacked up on the Holy Ghost every Wednesday like, this is what I learned. How can you take 12 rambunctious first graders in a living room and they come home talking about God? That is a spiritual gift. You have to use your gift. Everybody go ahead and stand to your feet. I want to read the scripture to you. God is, uh, First Peter 4, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as though God himself was speaking. Do you have the gift of helping? Do it with all the strength and energy that God will supply. Then everything you do will bring glory to who? God. Not you or me or this church or our brand. God. That's what we're after. To bring glory to God. So let's not insult the giver of gifts by leaving our gifts undiscovered and unused. God has given every one of you spiritual gifts. If you're a believer in Christ, God has given you spiritual gifts. Let us help you figure out what they are. So you can make a difference in the church, which is just the body of believers, and a difference throughout the world. God wants to use your spiritual gifts. He gave them to you. He wants you to use them. And I believe with all my heart that when you begin to use spiritual gifts, because the Bible says it, that your faith will be grown. People's faith will be, will, will grow. You will be encouraged. They will be encouraged. The church will grow in number because you're, you're meeting the needs of the people around you because you've used your gift. Do not forsake the gifts that God has put in you. Put them into practice now. God wants to use your gifts. If you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus has saved you from hell, you have a responsibility to use your gifts in the local church. And that's a harder message to preach than we're just glad you're here. But we're not here to build a brand. We're here to build people. And the only way to build people is to tell you the truth. So thanks for listening because you could have got up and walked out lots of times today, but you stayed.
And I think that's awesome. Father, thank you. As the prayer team comes down, Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you for speaking your word to us and the truth to us. And God, I ask that in these precious moments that we would respond to you in faith. In Jesus' name. The last five minutes of our service is all about responding to the word. You've got a card that was in your worship guide when you came in. If you want to communicate with us about what God's saying, fill it out and put it in the, the box at the door. There's two communion tables here. Come take communion and thank Jesus for his blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take communion every Sunday just to remind yourself of who Jesus is. And come get prayer. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, coming down front and letting them pray a prayer of faith with you is your next step. Because then you're going to go on an amazing journey to discover your gifts and to employ them and you'll never be the same. Let's just see what God's up to there. If you need prayer for anything at all, your marriages, your relationships, if you have a physical ailment you want healing for, anything, they're ready to pray with you. These aren't just people where we're like, you look cool, come stand up here. No, these are people that have gone through the hell that you might be going through right now and they came out the other side. Let them bring faith to your situation. And if anything in this message today pricked your heart and you know what God, you know that God's trying to say something to you, you might just not know exactly what it is, come down and let them pray with you for clarity. God will speak. He will speak. It's not an if, it's a when. He will speak. Okay? So Father, we open up our hearts and minds to respond to you today as the band leads us. We open up our hearts, Lord. Whatever you have for us is yes and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.